Ngāti Kuri Iwi in the far north is celebrating its first wahine master waka builder, Hine Waitai Dai. Uh, Hine is well known throughout the waka building worlds, having been taught by famed master builder Taheke Nukumai Busby, who was a guest on our show, much beloved figure. And she's spent years honing her skills all around the world. For the past year, she's been a student at Ngā Tapuwai o Te Wake in Murifenua. It's a school dedicated to building traditional waka. And last weekend, she was given the esteemed title of Master Builder. Her goal is revitalising traditional Māori ocean navigation, following in the legacy of the experts that came before her. And Hine Waitai Dai joins me now. Tēnā koe. Kia ora. Congratulations on achieving Master Builder status. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> was it a lot of work to get there? I call it Master, but yep. It was a lot of work to get there, yep. Yeah. Yep. Tell me about that journey of yours. How many years have you been developing the skills and, and how intense has it been? Um, so I'm coming up to my sixth year now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been, a, been a bit hectic, especially with COVID in the mix of it and yeah. things like that. But, um, I had a really great start to it, and we still had Papa Hector around at that time. Yeah. Um, and then I was lucky enough to go um, just to stay under Hemi Eruera, who's my chief, um, second generation builder to Papa Hector, and then now I'm the third generation builder. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. It must feel pretty special. It is very special. It's very special for, for my people, I think, and for Muri Whenua to be able to give back to them. Yeah, and Hiki is, is gone now, but... Um Wow, you will still feel him, I'm sure, feel his presence and, and feel his story and um, and the connection to him. Definitely, definitely, yep. What's involved in learning this skill? Um, a lot of random skills, to be quite honest. Really? Um, <laughs> yes, to be a to be a wakakara or builder, you have to be be able to be taught and leave everything you kind of know at the door. It's like a big amalgamation of of carpentry skills, of mātauranga Māori. Um, Papa Hector was a bridge builder, so that's why yeah. he was so precise and really good at it. Gosh. So, um, yeah, there's a, it's a whole, there's a whole lot of skills involved, but I'd say the number one skill is being able to be taught. Huh, that's interesting. Tell me about that. Um, I guess it's pretty easy to come into it and and have a bit of an understanding about some of the tools we're using and, and how to use them, but then we just use them in the most crazy ways that maybe a house and safety officer wouldn't have too much of a, <laughs> wouldn't be too keen on, but um, <laughs> yeah, so it's easy to come with preconceived notions and, and think you have an idea of what's happening, but you just really don't until until you're in it. So yeah, I think having that open mind and, um, and trust in your tutors is, is the biggest thing. Yeah. Presumably, and, and I apologise for any stupid questions, but presumably you start with a big hunk of wood. Correct, correct. <laughs> Usually a tree, which yeah. then gets felled, in, um, a specifically chosen tree, and um, there's a lot of thought and karakia and everything going into that, and then that tree is felled, and you have a log on the ground, um, and it kind of all starts there. So, yeah, it's... You turn it from a literal tree into a beautiful waka with lots of different components in it. Depending on its purpose, it'll have different components to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that waka is already inside that tree, right, when you fell it. you just got to get it out. Yep, exactly. And that was one of the tricky things is that um, Emmy would say, can you see the waka? <laughs> I'd be like, no, what the hell do you want to talk about? <laughs> 
yeah. what waka and he's like, it's, it's in there. It's in there. Can you see it? Mm. And I, the first few times I was like, no, until we had completed one. And I was like, okay, yes. Wow. I can see what kind of waka this tree is going to give us. Mm. Mm. What do you use at first to um, to turn it from that, uh, that tree into something at least the right sort of shape and size for a waka? Um, it's a mixture of new tools, so chainsaws yeah. mostly, um, and toki, so adzers, which is like a sideways sort of a axe. Um, and sometimes we use axes as well, but to get the bulk of the waka shaped is, yeah, chainsaw and, yeah, and adzers. When you're using that chainsaw, do you ever stop and think, man, how did they used to do this back in the day? Oh, the, the entire time. The entire time I'm looking at it going, man, this would have taken six months to a year to make a waka, whereas mm. we you know, we can have it cut out in a matter of like a week. Gosh, you know? Yeah. Um But you're so not really but you're not one here to say, Hey, I'm gonna do this to the traditional way, I'm not gonna use any modern tools. <laughs> not a big canoe anyway. We've started doing some of our smaller um canoes with the toki and we do all of the hulling out on the inside of the, of, of the canoe actually with the toki, yeah. yeah. Yep. So there is a large portion of it that's done with our tools, and we find it to be faster. But as far as getting the the outer shape out, I think the chainsaws are the best. And and with our chainsaws, we're able to utilise a lot more of the wood. So we're able to mill away that whole top part of the log, mm. and then turn that into our carvings, our seats, our hoy, paddles. Um, whereas the traditional way, that would all be like a million little wood chips. Uh, yeah, I guess so it would. Less waste. Yeah, heaps yeah. less waste. And how many waka do you reckon you've worked on? Um, over the years, maybe 15. Um, maybe 15, okay. yeah, all up. And, and with the, all of those being larger canoes, I've completed seven on kind of my own um, up home called Papa Waka, which is what we, we launched on the weekend. Oh, cool. Um, which is small river-going canoes. Do they tend to stay with Ngāti Kuri, or um, do you, can you make them to order? Yeah, a bit of both. So the, the Waka Kō Papa was a part of a revitalisation project in Aorohe. Um, so they all stay at Kapo Wairua, Spirits Bay, um, in our new Whare Waka for people to use. Um, the rest of the Waka we've made, they are all. They all have different individual co-papas. So some of them are yeah made to order. Um, in my first year, when when Papa Hector passed away, a lot of his friends and family from around the Pacific and around the world actually reached out, and they all wanted a part of him um, with them. And so that was us. We had to go and build canoes in commemoration of him. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, huge figure, eh? Huge figure. Huge figure. Um. And so what you've been describing so far probably has been mostly the, the carpentry aspect of it, but but is there art in it as well? You're originally a tamoko artist. Can you tell me about some of those other um, maybe more creative skills or, or inspirational skills? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a tamoko artist by trade. I've been for the last sort of 10 years, and um, those are there's a lot of transferable skills and knowledge in, based in this. So you, you obviously have the paintings on the underside of our hull, which is our puhuru design. Um, but you also have to tell a story along the whole canoe. If it's like a, a traditional Māori canoe, like a wakatoa or wakatete, they usually have gunnels or rauaua, uh, that are all usually carved in the big prow, the tauihu, and the taurapa at the back, which are usually carved. And so there's an aspect there of um, design that needs to come into it to 
along with the Matauranga to tell the story. So using the right designs. Um, so I've been very lucky to come from a background where that's literally what I used to do and still do most days. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that skill really helped. Wicked. Um, if you've got a question for Hina while she's on the line with me, you're welcome to text it through. Lynn says, Jesse, maybe the master waka title could be changed to something gender neutral like premier waka builder. No woman should have to carry the title master in any form. I don't know what you think about that, Hina. <laughs> uh, fair call, fair call. Um, I'm open to anything, really. I'm just, I'm not really worried about titles. All I'm worried about is um, the nod from my chief to say, I can do what I can do. So. Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. So tell me, is there one waka in particular that you are really attached to? Um, yeah, there is a, a little small seven-metre canoe um, that we have up home that myself and my, my cousins helped me build last year, um, and it's called Tute. So Tute is the lead kuaka, the young lead kuaka, which is one of our migrational birds that comes from Alaska. Oh, yeah. um, it's very special to us. So um, it was the first canoe that I had to build on my own without the chief um, and without help from from anyone really. Well, I had I had my cousins who didn't know anything to, to help me and that was it. So there's that little canoe that really means a lot to me because that was the first canoe to give back to my people. Wicked. Uh, and so I have to ask you this one as well, Hina. You know, you, you use a chainsaw because it works faster, it's more convenient, whatever. There are more convenient ways of travelling these days too. So can you talk to us uh, a little bit about the significance of waka, why you still make them and, and what they represent to Ngāti Kuri at least? Oh, um, yeah, so there's like a few different aspects of, of waka and why, and why we still do it. So obviously there are way more convenient ways to travel um, but I think a, a lot of it is about keeping our, our history alive and especially like the navigating side of it, um, Wakahodua. Um, there's a whole knowledge system that that comes with that and that feeds into other knowledge pools in other areas of Te Ao Māori. So that's one, one reason why we keep Wakahodua and sailing and voyaging alive. Um, and then you've got the, the paddling side for ceremonial use, like at Waitangi we take all the Wakatoa out and Ātoki Matawharua. Um, and then you've got like the the smaller canoes for everyday use. So our goal with that is kind of about normalising um, our traditional ways of being and living, I guess. And through reinstating waka kōpapa into our places and paddling canoes, um, we're seeing less plastic mm. in our environment. So yeah, it's easy to have those waka set up there ready for people to use as opposed to bringing inflatable paddle boards and water toys that pop and they leave trash everywhere and microplastics and so on and so forth. So that's kind of what we're up to. Yeah. I've got a friend, uh, Mike, who's been doing a uh, Te Reo immersion course this year and he said, I asked him how he was getting on, he said one of the things that struck him is how connected all the different strands of um, of Māori tanga, how they come together. You don't just go in there and learn the language in isolation, and I wonder if this is another example of that, the waka, the tāmoko, the language, the ceremony, the iwi, it, it's, the, the, these aren't separate things, right? No, they're all inter- interconnected and all equally um, as important as the other. And when one is strong, when one is stronger, the others are stronger too. Yes, exactly that. Kia ora, Hine. I really enjoyed talking to you. 
well done. And do you hope to inspire other young women into the waka building scene? Oh, definitely. I hope to inspire anyone into the waka building scene because there is a lack of us with the skill set. Um, but it is on the rise and it's in high demand. So I hope to inspire anyone who wants to take it up and get into anything toy Māori based. Kia ora, thanks for your time today. No worries. Thank you very much. Hine Waitai Dai, the first Wahine master waka builder uh, in Ngāti Kuri, uh, in the far north at least. Uh, perhaps there's others around New Zealand love to hear.